You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that you, they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. For the next eight weeks, you guys, we're going to be doing a deep dive into these verses and into the implications that are there for our daily lives. Um, and before I get into the sermon itself, uh, can I... Can I see one of those sheets that are there? I, d I forgot to grab one. Thank you so much. Um, we'll, uh, <clears throat> I want to explain what this, what this series is going to look like. Um, on Sunday mornings, we're going to be exploring how we can be salt and light in all of our various contexts. So this morning and next week, we'll, we'll give sort of a, a, some introductory thoughts on, on what this actually means. And then how do we take... Uh, uh, what the Lord's given us, how, how can we be light, for example, uh, in, our, in our vocations, in our place of work, or if you're a student in the classroom? How, how can we take, how can we become salt and light and, and be effective uh, when, we, when we interact with people at Starbucks? So interacting in our community context, people who you don't have any equity with probably, um, but here you are. How can we be salt and light in our friend groups, people who we have tons of history and equity with? Because the rules are kind of very different, aren't they? And there's different, there's different ways that you can love people like Jesus would love people in these different places. How about in our homes? How can we be salt and light in that context? Um, with our families or with our roommates? Or oh, Here's a good one. How can we be salt and light online? We're going to take a whole morning on that. We're going to take a whole morning on each one of these things. That's gonna, that one is going to be lit, as the kids say. Do they still say it? Do kids still say it? I feel like that's probably more of a millennial thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Tyler, is that right? Okay, Tyler's kind of my authority on that. All right. So we're going to be looking at all of these things and talking about them on Sunday morning. Um, but we're not going to stay and just do that. In, in the past, sometimes we, when we've done sermon series, we've printed out devotionals and handed those out and done like daily devotionals with, with verses that are tied to the series. We decided not to do that this time. We decided to, to go a step further and make things a little bit more difficult on ourselves. But that will be helpful for you. We are going to do daily audio devotionals. Okay? So... You all see these right here. These are very, right? They got three QR codes. Now, if these codes freak you out and you don't know what to do with them, don't worry about it. You can just put it away and don't think about it ever again. Okay. If they don't freak you out, uh, listen, there's three ways that you can access these, all right? Every day, there's going to be like a five to seven minute audio devotional that we're going to be putting out. And, and so it'll include, it's got some nice background music, and it'll sort of include some uh, like scripture uh, verses and meditations and some, some thoughts about the verse, and it'll tie into what we've been talking about in the sermon series. It'll have some uh, uh, prayer and questions for reflection. So every day there'll be one of these for the next eight weeks, okay? Now, a couple of different delivery methods here. One is a podcast. How many of you guys do podcasts? Okay. 
All right, a lot of you guys do podcasts, so it's great. So you can pull out your phone and, and, and just zap one of those QR codes. If you do Spotify, it's up there. If you do Apple Podcasts, it's up there too. Okay, we didn't do all the obscure ones because, come on, who does, did anybody do Stitcher or anything? Whatever. Okay, we did the main two. Now, the third thing, I know a lot of people don't do podcasts, but most of you guys at least are on Facebook, um, and we have a community page on Facebook. I'm not talking about our, our main public page. We have a community group on Facebook, okay? Now, if you're not in that group yet, here's a QR code. Again, you can just pull out your phone, look at it, boop, it'll take you right to the group, and you cl click join, okay? And then uh, I think we have admins on that, and we'll, we'll just let you in. And then every morning at like 5 a.m., this will come up on the timeline, the next devotional, and you can listen to it, and the, the, uh, the text will be there as well. Does that make sense? So we're trying to make this as easy as possible. I know a lot of you guys, uh, or uh, there's a handful of you that are like, I don't do anything with the internet, I don't want to touch it, but I still want to be a part of this. If that's you, let us know. We can get you some uh, printed out versions of these, although that we'll have to, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll figure that out with you. We'll email it or do some printouts, but please let us know. Probably let Janelle know. Um, that's probably the, the best way to do this. Okay, but there's, there's ways, I think we're trying to make this as easy as possible. So... I want to ask, yes, sir. Even, I just did it. Even Pastor Joshua just, now this is a big deal. Which one did you do? Spotify. Spotify. Very good. How, how was it? It went well. I panicked at first. It did work. Then it did work. Then it did work. Thank you, sir, for the update. There you go. Pastor Joshua is not super tech savvy. He's savvy in all kinds of ways, but tech, not, not one of them, and he just pulled that off. All right. So I want to ask you guys, would you join us on this? Um, be, there's something that I, I think has been really powerful when we've done daily devotionals together, when we're reading the same things together uh, daily and wrestling through some of these same issues with the Lord. It just becomes a powerful time. So they're short, um, and I, I, I think you'll find them helpful. So I want to ask you to do that. Also, we are, um, if you're a part of a home group, our home groups are going to be going through uh, this as well and having discussion uh, times that we can sort of do some deep dives in these issues. Um, lots of great questions for discussion and analyzing the places that God has put us individually and then helping each other and praying through them as we move forward. So uh, if you're not a part of a home group, you can go to on our app and you can go to groups. We have a couple that are still open. We'd, honestly, we need some more home groups. That's, that's the truth. We're in the process of looking for some more leaders and to start new groups because um, because a lot of them are full already. But check it out if you're not uh, in one yet and you want to be in one, jump on, on the app uh, and, uh, and find it in groups. Okay, does that make sense? That's sort of what we're going to do? Yes, Pastor Joshua. When did the devotionals start? The devotionals begin tomorrow, okay? The first one is already up there um, because we wanted to have it there. But normally they'll come out like at 2 in the morning, so it should show up on everybody's feed when you check it. Uh, in the morning, in your podcast feed, okay? Does that make sense? And again, on Facebook, I think it'll post at like five. We can post it earlier. If, does anyone want it, want it earlier than five? No? Okay. <laughs> we, can, we can do it earlier if we want, but is that Rachel? No? No? Okay. All right. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to start it this morning, and after such a long introduction, I'll make sure that I don't have a long message, because I know we, you know, <clears throat> no, nothing football. What are you talking about? There's people watching football. That's Rand. Besides, the Cowboys don't play it until tonight anyway, so that's, that's good. Can we, can, we, can we pray over this together, this journey? Lord, I pray that you would really show up for us in our, in our individual lives in this time. 
I pray, Lord, that you would give us a clear picture of how you've called us to live, how you've called us to be salt and light in these individual contexts. Lord, help us in that. I pray that you would, uh, I pray this would be a revelatory time. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, I also want to pray for this morning. Ethan, Paula, can you just stand up? This is about, this series about salt and light. And I was just thinking, Ethan's one of the saltiest guys I know. In, in, the, in the biblical sense. Not like an old salty man. Because that's not you. I was like, can you come over this way? Yeah. In, in, in what we're going to talk about. And I'll even explain that. Can you just pray for this morning? Pray for me. I'm feeling super jittery right now. I don't want to talk a mile a minute. I think you've been hanging on with Josh too much. <laughs> you know, we'll maybe talk about that. That could be a thing. Okay, let's do that. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for Jason and his team. I pray, Lord, that you'd be here. You'd guide his words and you'd open our hearts, Lord, that we would um, receive from you your, your words, your wisdom, your love. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and how good you are. And, um, Lord, do something amazing with this group of people that gathered here. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Let's read the verse again. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This verse is, uh, is often used in the simple context of like sharing our faith, you know, taking this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But the message it's, is, is, I think, a little bit different than that. Um, the message of the gospel in this case is not salt and light. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. It's not a thing like a candle that we're carrying. I know there are other metaphors in Scripture talking about carrying the light of truth and so forth. But and it, Jesus here is talking, he, he is saying, we are the light, which is kind of a big responsibility. See, if our only goal was to carry the light of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, and to just spread it everywhere, that's easy. You know what we would do? We would just hand out bullhorns to each and every one of you guys. We could make some big signs going, you know. We could drop leaflets over every place, you know, where church attendance is under 2%, you know. We could do all kinds of fun stuff there. There we go, we spread the light. But that's not what he's saying. And that's not going to be the effective way to reach people. He is saying you must embody the message. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And that is difficult. That's a tough word. This isn't an easy thing to be the message, is it? But that's the reality. And that's what he's asking us to do. So what does it mean? What's he talking about here? Let's, let's look into these metaphors a little bit. Uh, salt. Salt. What does is, what is salt mean? Do. Salt does a lot of stuff. Salt can preserve food. That was especially important in the ancient world before refrigeration, right? Salt can melt ice. That's especially important if you're from where my wife is from in Minnesota. It's very, very, very important. 
It can do many things. I saw online somewhere that it's, there's something like 14,000 verifiable uses for salt. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I don't know who counted them all. That would have <laughs> been something, right? I can clean tarnished copper, all these things. So you can take all these things and, and try to draw them out from what Jesus is saying. But Jesus predominantly is talking about one thing here. He's talking about taste. He's talking about flavor. Salt is a good thing. It makes food more pleasant. It makes it more tasty. Unlike, you know, the way we use it now. If we say a salty person, usually it is, which is definitely not Ethan Holler. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite. Well, uh, a, uh, Tim Keller points this out. He says, if you want salt to, to, to be effective, it has to be different than the thing that it's seasoning, right? It has to, if, if you want it to, to, flavor, to make something taste better, it has to taste different. So first of all, salt has to be different. That's the first thing. But also it has to make it, it has to be flavorful. It has to be distinct. It has to be more interesting. People like flavor. Now, there are only a few passages in the New Testament about salt, but they, they shed a little bit more light on this. One is Colossians 4, 5. It says, walk in uh, wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Salt is it, it talked about as graciousness, as a way to really uh, uh, take discussions in, 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 a, in a way as, as you pour out grace with a person and, and it, you actually find out how you can answer them. Interesting. Mark 9, 50, which is a similar passage to, uh, to the main one here. It says, salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So salt is graciousness. Salt is uh, something that, that provides common ground, that, that it gives peace. A salty person is one who is interesting and distinct and a person who has grace and peace for other people. Yeah, that is a person that's attractive to the world, isn't it? This is why I called out my man Ethan. And this, isn't this the way that Jesus rolled? Jesus was not cynical or irritable. You know, Jesus, man, you guys... Nobody had higher standards than Jesus, but nobody was more sought after than Jesus either. Think about how he started his ministry. Remember where he started his ministry? Was that a party? Was that a wedding feast? Do you remember what he did? They were out of wine. Now, you might expect someone as holy as Jesus to say, good. <laughs> it provest thou right. That's not what he does. What does he do? He takes the water and goes, let's make more wine. That's what Jesus did. That was how he started his ministry. And then you watch all the way through his ministry. You know what he's doing a lot of? Partying. Jesus, they, Jesus gets invited to so many parties, you guys. It's kind of crazy, right? And like some really scandalous people. He's at a, he, he goes to, to, to parties with, I mean, there's all kinds, they saw, you know, sinners and prostitutes and all these people because these guys are like partying and Jesus, they're like, Jesus is in there and he's, he's doing karaoke. Like, 
perhaps not. But uh, Jesus also going to like part with, parting with Pharisees. Like, well, wait a minute. Like, that was probably not that great a party, let's be honest. But he's, he's there in the midst of that. He's also with, with, with tax collectors who are just like, these guys are thieves and they're not good people. But who's there? Jesus is there. Jesus says yes to anyone who invites him over. And he's so sought at. Now, again, again, his standards haven't fallen at all. Okay? He's, he's not probably doing all the things everyone else is doing at the party. But he is still sought after and they want him there. And, and he is at so many of these that rumors start. And they're, they're credible rumors. They're not true, but they're credible. What's the rumor? That he's a drunk. That him and the disciples are just a bunch of party animal drunk guys with lampshades on their heads. Like that's, and it, it's not true, but that was his reputation. Can you imagine that? Jesus was salty. And I don't think it was just like he was a fun guy to be around. I think when they saw, when people saw Jesus, man, you rem just remember that woman who barges into the party and she, she washes his feet with her tears and she kisses his feet. And it's like, a, it is full on like, what is going on? Now we live in a far more, you know, loose time than they did. But can you imagine if that happened here? you imagine Pastor Joshua is up preaching someday and a woman just like starts kissing his brother? Whoa, what's going on? Right? So back then it was even more skit, but here he is. Now why was she so drawn to him? I think he was fun to be around. I do think that was part of it. But I don't think that's why. I, I think she smelled hope on him. I think people, they knew that he saw them. And they, they felt loved and they felt wanted in a, in a way that everyone's soul really yearns for, you know? That's a salty person. That's a, I, I, I'm going to, I, this is my summation. This isn't in the text at all, okay? But I think that's the mark of a salty person. It's a person who smells of hope. Pushing the metaphor a little bit. Salt makes you thirsty. So what about light? Light's an easier one because it's all over the New Testament, right? There's like tons and tons of verses. I'm just going to pull out one which I think is very interesting for our purposes here. John 8 verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Now isn't this interesting? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I, me, he says. And whoever follows me will have the light of life. Light is by nature generous, isn't it? Because it doesn't exist for its own sake. It, it, it illuminates the world for everyone around. Right? It, a single lantern could, could make living in a dark room possible for many, many people. Right? It makes me think of what C.S. Lewis said. It's been a while since I've quoted Lewis. There's so many fake Lewis quotes out there that are just hilarious to me. It's one of, to me, it's so funny. But here's a real one. He said this in, uh, in Mere Christianity. I believe in Christianity as I believe in the, uh, that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Get that? I see everything else. So, Jesus said, he said, I am the light of the world in that verse. But now in this verse, 
He says, you are the light of the world. And by our light, people will see. So he changes it. First he's talking about himself, and now he's saying all of us who follow him, by our light, they will see. So how does this work? Well, I think we can get a little bit of a clue by going back in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. Um, you remember Moses in the book of Exodus. It says he talked to God face to face as a man talks to his friend. Well, because of that, we see this right here in chapter uh, 34. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Moses sat in the presence of glory, you guys, and it shone back on him. He wasn't shining like the sun. He was shining like the moon. Are you with me? We're talking about reflected glory. Reflected glory. You and I are the embodiment of reflected glory. And Jesus says, I am the light. Come close to me. Follow me. If you do, you'll never walk in darkness. And now he says, you are the light. Why? Because if you're following him and you're with him and you're in the presence and you glow like he glows. It's as simple as that. You are the light. Now, we don't shine physically like Moses did. It's probably a good thing. That'd be a little scary. <laughs> but when we hang out with Jesus, when we soak up the light of Christ, we begin to radiate the kind of love and hope that he did. And the world desperately needs love and hope, doesn't it? Now, we just got reading the book of Acts, and there was one story right near the beginning that just is so great. You remember Peter and John when they heal the lame man who's real famous in the temple because he's been there a long time, and then a whole bunch of people start praising God and like, you know, hundreds more meet Jesus, and, and then, of course, Peter and John get arrested. Great, great scene. They get pulled before Annas and Caiaphas, the high priests who had just cast judgment on Jesus just months earlier. And now they've got Peter and John, and they're questioning them. They're very, very angry. Um, I'm going to start reading in, in verse 8. This, I don't have this part for you on the screen, but we'll get to it. Here's, here's, uh, Peter stands up and he says this. He says, rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man... By what means this man has, has been healed? And let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, it's by him that this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's what he says to these men. And guess what? Their eyes get really big. And let's pull up verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Reflected glory. Reflected glory. And their hearts sink because they thought they had killed Jesus, but now they see him on their faces. No, no, 
You know what it's like? It's like when Michael Scott came back to work and he saw Toby Flenderson was there. No, 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 no. That's what they're doing right there. They're so mad. They can't believe it. They thought they snuffed out the light of Jesus, but he's everywhere. Now he's with these two. Are you kidding me? That is what it means to be the light of the world. It means people recognize that you have been with Jesus. That is reflected glory. When we are intentional in this, when we spend time with Jesus and let his light shine on us, we, we begin well, to become more like him. And this is a, a general truth about us, friends. We, we become like what we behold, you know? And the thing about that is, like, that's a beautiful and good thing, but, man, that's, a, that's dangerous because it cuts both ways. We become like what we behold. Let's go back to Moses. You know, he, he started wearing a veil. I don't know why he initially did it, but... Uh, let's pull that down for a second. I, I don't know why he initially did this. Um, maybe he was embarrassed by it. May, you know, his face was shining. Maybe it was like, uh, you know, too much attention. But he started wearing a veil. And, and later on, we get it. Man, we, in 2 Corinthians, we get this verse, and it's a sad verse, and it gives us a clue into why he kept wearing it. Let's pull it up now. Here's what Paul says. Since we have such a hope, we're very bold not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. Do you see this? The glory had faded. So he kept the veil on because he was embarrassed that the glory had faded. Isn't that sad? Why did it fade? I can only assume he hadn't been in the presence of God very much. This is a sobering verse, you guys. Here's why, because it can happen to you and me. That's why. It can happen to us. Sometimes we think, we see this challenge to be salt and light, and we go, this is so hard because the darkness is so dark and overwhelming. How can we possibly shine? We start cursing the darkness. We start thinking of all these bad things that are in culture, and that's why we got to stop these things. And it's like, so I, most of the time, I don't think that's the reason why it's so hard to shine. Most of the time, most of the time, we're not radiating because we haven't been with Jesus very much, you know? And I, I can't help but think of these last few years. You guys, we all know it's even cliche to start listing all of the hard things the last few years. We all know, though, don't we? And we went through a pandemic. Tons and tons of people got sick and died. And then there was this response by the government that was at times infuriating. And a response to the response that was infuriating. And then there was an election that was super contentious. And then, then uh, there, were, there were racial tensions and there were riots and there was destruction and there was fear and there was anxiety. And there were people who had relational, total relational splits with people they dearly loved because they fell on different sides of this. And, and, and it just kept coming. And then here in Oregon, there are wildfires and people being displaced and there was fear and there was smoke. And isn't this sort of a flashback where we had the last couple of days? And this is all on top of the regular stuff that happens in our lives. The regular sicknesses and fears and, and, and relational traumas that have nothing to do with these things. We have been through a lot. We have, and it's okay to recognize that. Let me ask you a question. How have you done? How's your light been? 
Has it dimmed? It's definitely times when my light has dimmed. And I've had to go and just throw myself back in the light because I can carry all the heaviness, all the frustration, all the anger, and then that starts to be the thing that radiates. How about you? How have you been? This is hard stuff, you guys. This is heavy. It's heavy. Have you shined like Jesus? Or did your light dim? Did you start to reflect something else? Someone else? We begin to radiate the things that we behold. So did you radiate the glory of Jesus? Or was there a different glory? The fact is, you guys, sometimes it's really difficult. I know for me, there's things that I drifted toward in radiating. There is a lot of hard stuff. I think some people started reflecting instead of Jesus, started honestly reflecting political pundits more than Jesus. I saw people who know Christ but who sounded and acted just like any number of famous people with big angry opinions. And not just in the political realm, there are all kinds of realms, but it happened especially in the political realm. And I still find this troubling. The high priest saw Peter and John and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Friends, at the risk of stepping on toes, I, I'm doing it because I love you and I'm stepping on my own toes too. They recognized they had been with Jesus. I wonder if the world sometimes sees our anger and recognizes we've been with Fox News or recognizes that we've been with CNN or MSNBC. I wonder if they see us and they see, oh man, that person, that person instead of reminds me of Jesus, that person reminds me of Tucker Carlson. That person reminds me of Don Lemon or Rachel Maddow or Matt Walsh. Maybe we've been with Jesus too, but if we begin to resemble other people who are in these realms more than we resemble Christ, friends, that's a problem. That's a problem. And I know there's, it, there's all kinds of, we could just name a million different names here, and I'm, I, I'm trying to be an equal opportunity toe-stepper here. But this has been a grave concern when we stop radiating Jesus, but we start radiating other people that just add to the noise and add to the anger and the vitriol. We need to come back to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need your hope and your perspective again. Sometimes I think we make the the. Sometimes I think we, we get confused with light and heat. We're called to be the light of the world, not the flame of the world. We don't take the flamethrower and torch the darkness. We're to be light like Jesus and radiate like the moon so that by our light, they can see the truth. They can see their lives. They can see who they are. They can understand what life is actually about and they can see the beautiful redemption that is in our Jesus. That's what we're called to. What does it mean to be salt and light? 
It means we carry the reflected glory of Jesus in all our different contexts. I want to take just a moment. We have some music we're going to play here. And I just want to ask you, what light have you been reflecting? Have you been reflecting the light of Christ or the light of something else or someone else? Let's just ask that question. Andrew, can you play that? Stay in this place of silent contemplation, and I'm going to tell you the really, really wonderful news. It is not hard to step back in the light. It is not hard to, to dim the other voices and to receive him, to see, receive a fresh uh, outpouring of his grace and his glory. It's not hard at all. What you have to do is, is maybe might be good to unplug in some ways, depending on what you're, what you're feeling in your hearts. It might be good to do that. And then, and then be intentional about sitting with Jesus. It's not hard. And you sort of start to remember. <laughs> I've done a bit of this recently, and it's been wonderful. Just to start to remember, oh, yeah, there's the hope right there. That's right. Oh, there's the joy. It comes from the unshakable Jesus. It's not hard. I want to ask you guys, as we close this morning, to find somebody near you and just respond to this message together. Respond. To say, whether, if, if you have felt your light dim, or if you felt like, man, I need to reflect Jesus more than this person or this thing or whatever, just to say that and then pray together. Or maybe you've been doing wonderful, and I, wonderful, praise Jesus. You can just say, I would love to continue on this. Just take a moment and, and pray together, and then we can be dismissed. Amen? Amen. So grab somebody near you.